Good morning. Really glad to see you here this morning, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. I've been gone for a couple of weeks. It's fantastic to be home and back in the saddle up here. Uh, today we're celebrating big news in our church community. Uh, we're launching a team out from our church, our congregation here, to start a new church in North Fontana. If you read or watch the news, you find out what the world at large thinks is most significant. I, what I do nowadays, I'm not trying to impress you with my technical savvy or anything, but I use a news app. <laughs> it's called Smart News. And uh, here's the first page from a random day last week on my news app. U.S. remains returned by North Korea are likely American. Honoring our fallen in the military is very important. Sends a message. Trump tells Sessions to stop the witch hunt right now. Politics, there's usually something on the front page about politics. Certainly impacts our lives. Parts of Texas parking garage collapse. Now, you you find out about more tragedy than you ever would have in our day and age in the past. You find out all kinds of stuff's going on. Uh, This happened in Texas, and we've heard about it. Tragedy usually shows up on the front page. Man received citation for smashing a car window to rescue dogs in a hot car. Anything with rescuing animals tends to show up. On the front page, there's usually something about Hollywood or celebrities. Uh, it, it'll, you'll find it if I scroll down, you could, you could see an article about a celebrity. Um, there's, there's business items. There's all kinds of different things that show up. This is, however, a typical smattering of news stories that you find. The topics have a range of significance for us. Uh, it's interesting to me that really the most significant things that are going on in the world don't make the news. Histor- truly historical events aren't that newsworthy necessarily at the time. They don't necessarily show up in the news. They're not often reported. And nothing, or I would say, Rarely is anything ever said about God's work through churches. There won't be a press conference on the launch of the team to North Fontana. You know, we, we won't, won't be able to tell you to dial in on that. Now, this, I'm not complaining. I'm not belly aching up here. Jesus told us to expect the world at large to undervalue the work of churches. So that's not a shocker. And, Sometimes those who are doing the work even get persecuted for doing it. Jesus told us to expect that, not a shocker. We're, we're not, I'm not complaining. We're launching a church today. If a space shuttle were launching today, though, that would certainly make the headlines. Here's, here's a picture of a shuttle launch. Uh, you see the incredible amount of energy that it takes to get that thing into space. Incredible amount of time, money, to create that explosion, that controlled explosion that launches that shuttle into space. 
Now, here at Church in the Valley, uh, over the course of our history, uh, which is 31 years, actually it just dawned on me, 31 years this month, um, we've been launching, we've been launching teams to plant churches. And when we launch churches, what God does is He uses the work of the teams to multiply His kingdom. Launching equals multiplying. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort. But the kingdom multiplies when people decide to let Jesus rule in their heart. That's actually the definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God right now, it's not, it's not fully realized. It's, it's, you know, that's for the time when God wraps up history and we end up in the kingdom. And it's tangible at that point. Right now, the kingdom of God is the rule of God in the hearts of men and women. So that's where you experience the kingdom, his rule in our hearts. So as more people decide to follow him, make him Lord or boss of their life, then the kingdom expands. Now, one of the reasons we explore space, I have a friend who works for JPL, and he works on national missions, and he's a really fascinating guy. Um, he worked on Cassini with Saturn. He, work, he works now on the Mars mission. trying to. And one of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to find life. They, you know, many of the scientists are followers of Carl Sagan, who... Uh, Carl Sagan made the statement that, you know, the universe is just too huge for humans to be the only inhabitants. So a lot of the, a lot of the, the drive behind the search is for life. Now we're sending out a team, the shuttle teams are looking for life out there in different ways. Um, we're sending out a team. That's carrying life with it. We're not, we're not searching for life. We found the life. We, 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 we have the life. So a space launch is searching for life while a church launch is bringing it. That's what we're celebrating today. Jesus said this. He described the kingdom of God this way. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests of its branches. Now, Jesus was masterful at telling stories. We just had a series looking at the stories Jesus told, the parables. Um, and this is a tremendous picture. All Christ followers carry the seed of life in us. Because when you decide to follow Christ... Eternal life enters into your heart of hearts. And Jesus says, like a seed, it's, it's, it's small at first, but it, it can, can, can grow and grow. And as you cooperate with the Lord Jesus and you work with Him, then, uh, you, uh, begin to experience more and more of the life that God intends for you. And, in the story just following the one I just looked at, Jesus talks about how it's like leaven. Leaven, you put a little bit of leaven in dough and it, it kind of grows and takes over uh, the whole, the whole lump of dough. It's also described what we carry in us is described as a treasure in jars of clay. It's this treasure, this gospel, this life. 
that we carry with us. What starts as a seed in the hearts of a few men and women, when it's shared, it grows to bless many. That's the picture Jesus is painting here. It grows to the point where birds can make its nest. It grows, you know, as as churches grow, they can include more and more people and provide shade for those those folks. So this is this is why we expend all the energy we do to launch churches. We go to all the trouble and effort to launch churches so that we can multiply the number of places that people can get to know Jesus Christ and then grow in him. They can experience the shade of the tree. God's work through churches is really the most significant thing that's going on in the world from God's perspective, from Scripture. What you see is this is this is... What really matters, the church and the kingdom multiply as we do our work here and as we launch teams out to do the work in other places. When Cindy and I started this congregation, our aim was to meet people, uh, invite them to follow Christ as Lord, and then help those who decide to follow Christ grow in him. That's That was our aim. And we asked God if he would, if it would please him to allow us to raise up people to launch other congregations as well. In the 90s, we started church in 1987, August of 1987. In the 90s, two couples launched out to start congregations. Gary and Joni Hamilton went in 1990 to plant a church in Chico. Thad and Rhonda King went out to plant a church in Huntington Beach in 1995. But in the last 10 years, the momentum has really been building in church starting out of, out of this one. In 2006, we sent out a team to start a church in Riverside that has become, the team became Orange Crest Community Church in the Orange Crest area of Riverside. Here's a picture of one of their 10th anniversary services. Um, and then they're, they're really cool. So they did a drone picture of a baptism they had that day. They're way cooler than I am. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for our whole group here and say they're cooler than us, but I'll say they're way cooler than me. Um, this, this brings us to the launch that we're celebrating today. That's sort of skipping along some highlights there. Um, but I'd like to share the backstory. Eight years ago, Alex Barrett, who was our executive pastor at the time, he told me over donuts, which, you know, we were eating donuts at a really good donut shop, and he just comes out with, I think God's called me to plant a church. And, you know, in, inside I probably went, whoa. But immediately it made sense to me. That made immediate sense to me. Now, I wasn't looking to get rid of Alex and Samantha. I wasn't looking to get rid of anybody that's on the team this morning. I would love it if they were sticking around. It's part of my heart that would enjoy that. But that made sense to me. So Alex asked me at the time, how long do you think I need to stick around a church in the valley in order to 
help Church in the Valley get prepared to launch another church. And I thought about it briefly, and I said three to five years. That was eight years ago. What do I know? Um, Alex has been incredibly patient and considerate as we've worked what God's given us as a plan to get prepared. Because the mothership, if we're going to keep launching churches out of here, we need to survive. (laughs) That's one thing we realized. So there were some things about, you know, our, our location and situation that caused us to really start thinking about Okay, how do we become viable and for the future? How do we get ourselves in position to continue to grow and develop through the years? Not, not just, you know, launch a bunch of churches and die, but, but how, how are we going to extend our work through the decades? And so, Alex, I mean, he has been so patient, considerate, and he has really looked to Church in the Valley's interest in his patience. And I hope God blesses his socks off for that. That's the kind of thing God blesses. He he really does. So anyway, we decided several things needed to happen to accomplish our mission in the future. The first one, uh, we we had about a little less than a third of our church body was made up of folks who lived in the Alhambra Monterey Park area. And they they were having a difficult time bringing their unchurched family and friends to Diamond Bar to go to church. That's where we were at the time. So they were having some difficulty bringing their family and friends to Diamond Bar. So number one, we added a campus in uh, Alhambra. And that was first thing. Second thing uh, we intended to do was to find a new location east for the Diamond Bar campus. Uh, the kids' space was limiting our growth where we were. We needed more space. And so that was number two. And then third, we'd launch out the team with with the Barretts. Now, I, I thought this would all happen in a very manageable, timely way. Um, step one, launching the campus went well. Uh, it was on schedule. We immediately doubled the number of people we're serving in the Alhambra Monterey Park area, and the campus continues to grow. Here's a picture of a service there in Alhambra. Uh, the, the plan is to make Alhambra a standalone congregation by August 2019. So they're going to become a, a church, and we're working on all the details to that. Uh, step two, moving from Diamond Bar to the east, uh, has taken more time than I anticipated, obviously. But as you know, we're here. <laughs> We've moved to Ontario uh, March 25th, the week before Easter. And after launching the Alhambra campus, Alex moved to, out of the executive pastor role here, and he moved to... Uh, Alhambra to serve as the campus pastor there. And that meant if we're going to launch him out, we need to find a pastor for the Alhambra campus. And after a 15-month long search, it became clear that Jeep Underwood is God's man to pastor the Alhambra campus. So two weeks ago on July 29th, 
Alex passed the baton of pastoral leadership to Jeep. Here's a picture of that. This is a great celebration. Uh, really fun to see God call. Jeep, Jeep was a man who for 20, the last 25 years, uh, worked in the Army Corps of Engineers. And when we, when we started the church, uh, out there, when we added the campus in Alhambra, uh, he turned down a promotion in order to make the most of the opportunity in, in the ministry there at the campus. So he's demonstrated a tremendous amount of commitment. And I, I think I'm really glad that he's responded to that call. Now that's, that's the backstory, some highlights of uh, what's been going on over the last 10 years, launching churches and a campus that's going to become a church. And it brings us to the present. I'm going to ask Alex and Sam to join me on stage in a moment. But first, I'd like to go back to the very first church launch ever, ever in the history of churches. This was not news in its day either. It was kind of going on on the side of what was happening. But you talk about historical significance. This team, Paul and his team of church planters, basically laid the groundwork for the foundation of Western civilization because Europe became Christian and, and the influence of Christ on those uh, who lived in those areas uh, has laid the groundwork for that. Took place in Antioch, and you can find the account in Acts 13, 1 through 3. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. When this is, this is the pattern. When God wants to extend the work of the kingdom, when he wants to plant a church, he lays it on the heart of a man and gathers a team around him and sends them out. That's typically how it happens. There, there are other ways it happens, uh, but that, that's typically what God does. And we're going to pray over the North Fontana launch team here in a few minutes. But before we do, I'd like to ask Alex and Samantha, if you would, to join us on stage. Um, and I'm going to grab this mic for Sam. I'd like you to hear from them. Um, kind of how they sense the call from God and what their plan is, I think that'd be fun for us to hear. So, Alex, how did you sense God's call to plant the church? And uh, basically, what did God say to you specifically? What did you tell me at the donut shop that day, basically? I think the first was, mmm, these are good donuts. <laughs> um, I, I think I first started attending Church in the Valley, I'm going to rewind a little bit, um, in 2001. And when I first came around, I knew that this was a place, not only would I learn about ministry, but I'd really learn about how to live life and how to play my roles well as a, as a husband and a leader and as a father and all things of which I was in myself not 
clued in on how to do. And so when I first came around, I knew this was a place where I would receive training. But then as I got to know uh, Randy Moore and other uh, key men in the congregation, I got a sense that, you know, we, we really have a role to just, you know, what Randy has just described, to continue to um, expand the kingdom through going to places where churches don't exist so people can hear about the difference that Jesus makes in a life. And so that made sense to me, and church planning was what we've done as, as Randy went through the history. And so I just thought, I'm going to plant a church. And then I think uh, Josh De La Rosa, who planted Orange Crest Community Church, he asked me a key question. He says, has God called you to plant a church? And right then I thought, no, I just kind of thought it was like a good idea. And what you find in, in the Christian life is you want more than good ideas. So from that, that moment, I thought, God hasn't called me specifically to um, plant a church. And instead, I, I, I decided I wanted to be a part of Church in the Valley to really make things go and to continue to launch churches as, as the Lord wills. And then in, in 2010, I, I think what happened for the first time is I had a desire um, like within me to, to plant. And that desire I hadn't really um, had before. It went from a good idea to something within me that I was compelled to do. And so I decided, I talked to Sam about that, like there's something there. And I needed to uh, seek the Lord. I needed to spend some time and see if that desire is, is from him or see if that desire is just uh, from me. And, and I went to the, the scriptures, to the, the book of Jeremiah. And this was a specific command of Jeremiah. But God used this uh, to speak to me. And this is what it says. It says, if you repent, uh, I will restore you. If you don't go you know, your own way, if, if you keep following me, I will restore you. I'll put your life together. And it says that you may serve me. If you utter worthy not worthless words, uh, you will be my spokesman. And right when I read that, I sensed God saying that if you make your life about me and what's important to me, and you communicate that, I, I will send you to people that desperately need to hear about Jesus. And from that moment, I read that scripture, and I just sensed, okay, God is calling me to utter the things that really matter to the people that really need to hear it. And so I think that's what I shared with you at the donut shop about kind of that stirring and my sense of God leading. All right, good. I think the first week I, I didn't realize the conversation happened between Josh, who's the pastor of the church in Riverside, and Alex. But the first week Alex came on staff, he said, he said, hey, I think God's called me to just stay here at Church in the Valley. And I told him, hold that thought. Yeah, we'll do, we'll just see. It's, it's a little early. Here we are. <laughs> so here we are. All right. Samantha, what did you think about this idea when Alex came home and first mentioned he sensed a call to plant? Um, well, I was around for the roller coaster ride of the starting out. We're going to plant. Okay. No, we're going to stay. So I got really excited about the staying part because I thought, yes, I get to be with my church family forever. I like that. Um, so, I mean, the first two thoughts just in a nutshell were, um, you know, when he told me and I knew, okay, this is, this is real. This, you know, he's specifically been called. Um, I thought, I don't have what it takes to do this and I don't want to leave my church family that I love so much and rely on so much. And so, um, and I, you know, I just kind of spent weeks and months just emotionally swirling (laughs) as I was dealing with this. And, you know, had I known that eight years was going to pass before it even happened, I wouldn't have wasted the emotional energy. <laughs> but um, God did some some really great things that God has done through that is um, to just address both of those just 
immediate concerns and burdens was um, on the front end, um, as far as just the church family, one of the things that Alex and I knew straight from the get-go was um, that church in the valley had allowed us to really thrive and flourish. I mean, it, it really breathed life into us. Um, we both were um, blessed to be raised in a Christian home, and we're just so thankful for that. Um, and then, so we had that foundation. But when we got to Church in the Valley, um, we began to learn really practical ways on how to um, love other people the way that God commands us to, you know, the way that he lays it out in the Bible, and then also how to put his priorities first. And so that was very different. It was just just very um, practical for us. And it, it changed the way that we did marriage and parenting and, you know, had friendships and relationships. And so we were so incredibly grateful and really felt very compelled to take this to cities that didn't have that same option. So, so that was, you know, very early on that, that was there that, you know, how can I just keep this to myself? You know, I, I, where would I be if I didn't, you know, I'm so grateful for church in the Valley. So, you know, I want to take that. And then as far as just the not being qualified, um, I mean, the fact is I'm not, (laughs) you know, in myself, I'm not qualified, but that's not how God works. He really likes to, um, put us in situations where we need to rely on him. And as we, um, really trust in, in him and take steps of obedience, then he comes through and, and he works through us and we get that privilege of being able to join him in what he's doing. And so, you know, for me, when I first heard about it, I, I was looking at the big picture way out there and, and freaking out. But, you know, over the years, what's happened is I, you know, I can't do out there. But what I can do is take the, 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 the step of obedience that's right in front of me. You know, I ask for God's help. I choose to obey. And then he comes through and then I take the next step of obedience and he comes through. And then, you know, and over time, then I've, I've gained enough traction. I look back and I'm able to see all these ways that I've been able to, to participate in God's kingdom, taking one step of obedience at a time. And so Alex and I, we've been living in Fontana for a month and a half now. And so that same temptation is there to just look at the, we've got to build a big church out of this and ah, you know, but I'm like, and if I, if I think that I, I will start swirling again, but I, you know, every day I'm like, okay, just today, what do I need to do today? And already God has just allowed some fruit to come from that. So that's great. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm going to ask you how we can pray for you in a second, but I, I'd like to ask the launch team to make your way onto the stage, if you would. Uh, and uh, Alex is going to introduce the team and then share a little bit about their commitment that they've made to to serve on the launch team. Here comes the gang. Kids are a part of it, too. <laughs> I, I will add that my name is Alex and Samantha, and this is my first time at Church in the Valley, Ontario Ranch. So it's great <laughs> to be with all of you today. This is our first and last. <laughs> the rest of these guys you actually know, 
Um, so I'll, but I, I'll introduce them. This is uh, Pablo and Sammy uh, Rangel, and this is Jody Whited and Allie Goble, and Joel and Emily Berry, and then the kids, it's Olivia Berry and Katie Barrett, that's our daughter, Levi Barrett. Raise your hand. Yeah, there you go. Those are the Barretts, just in case you didn't know. And that's Olivia. And then Mason uh, Barry's right there, and Jude Barrett, and then Dylan. And so this, uh, this is what I said in Alhambra. We, we did the same thing, and, and it just is fitting. Like, this is Ridgeview Church right now. This is, this is what God's put together, and we're really thrilled about that. All right. Alex, would you share some of the commitments they made to be a part of the team? Yeah, so... The so, adults, not the kids. Yeah, so th- this is the adult <laughs> commitments, uh, although the kids are really going to be a part of this, yes, and we're excited to see God use them. Uh, the, the big commitment is, is a two-year commitment, and so everything falls under for two years... I'm going to operate in a way that's really going to move the mission of the church forward. And here's a few of the ways that that's going to happen. The first is uh, when you plant a church, the focus is really on outreach because you're starting a church to reach non-Christians, people that don't yet know Jesus. And so you have to meet those people. You have to build relationships with those people. And so the team's committing to two nights a week uh, to participate in meeting people, building relationships, and sharing Christ with them. They're also committing to Saturday and Sundays doing that. So really four time slots in a week to help with the outreach of Ridgeview Church. Um, they're also a part of that, really kind of putting their, their personal goals and interests and vacation time around the mission and goals of the church. And so they are actually going to have the, the church calendar as that unfolds from day to day and week to week. One day we'll get month to month. Um, but they're looking at, you know, how, how can we make sure that we're at church at the, the really key times to help buy up the opportunities. And so they're going to, you know, make sure that they're aligning their own calendar with, with the church calendar. Uh, they've committed to tithe to the new church, give 10%. Uh, they've committed to live out the hard attitudes, which is really the values that we have. We're going to treat each other in a certain way, and we're also going to participate and operate towards the church in a certain way as well. Uh, they've committed to have a quiet time, uh, which is spending time with Jesus in prayer and reading the scriptures uh, five out of seven days uh, in a week. And then really, uh, a big part of it is is willing to do whatever's necessary as it's needed to be done. And in a church plant situation, I imagine that's going to come up frequently uh, for all of us. So. Great. Thank you so much. Um... Before I bring some folks up to to pray, uh, Alex, would you let us know what are some ways we can be praying for you and the team as you launch out? Yeah, um, I, I, there's four things. I think the first one is is boldness. Um, the boldness not to be bold within ourselves, as, as Sam is describing, but really the boldness that um, we are being sent with the life of Jesus. And the only way people are going to know is that we have to tell them the difference that Jesus actually makes. And so if you could pray for boldness, that we will go with courage to tell people about the difference Jesus made in our life and then how he can make that difference in, in their life. Along with that is endurance. Um, there's going to be times where we're going to face with the unknown and things that we've never done before. And a lot of times it's easy to get tired and to shrink back. And so if you could pray for endurance to really come alongside the boldness so that we keep going no matter what we face. Uh, the third thing is if you could pray for discernment. What we need is we need creativity and really in the moment 
insight from God and his Holy Spirit that he gives us on how to make the most of the situations we're in, whether good or bad, and then how to help people as we meet them. And so if you could pray for discernment. And the last is is focus. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening to us personally. There's going to be a lot of things that are happening for the first time as a church. And what we pray and just plead with you is that you could really ask God to help us through all the different things that happen to remain focused on why we have gone and why we have taken this step. And it's to help people come to know Jesus Christ. If you could help pray just that that will remain before us, that we will move towards that. Great. Um, We have some special guests with us today. Um, Daryl and Brenda Lackey are here. Daryl is the uh, director of the Inland Empire Southern Baptist Association of Churches. These guys have been true partners with us as we as we have been launching churches, they, they have really come alongside and supported and been a real help. And so I, I really appreciate them. Claudio and Gina Medina are also here. He's the associate director of churches. I'd like to ask you guys, um, Alex and Sam, would you kind of move to the middle of the team? And then if you all would come to the stage and then uh, I'd like to ask uh, Greg Fuller and Nathan Lewis to come up from the advisory team here and then Thad Lanthrop from uh, the staff, and uh, Daryl is going to pray, and then uh, Nathan is going to pray, and I'm going to pray over these guys. We're going to lay hands on We're going to do what Acts told us to do. We're going to lay hands on them and pray, and so um, let us gather around, and um, do we have that mic? Do, oh, oh Daryl's got it. Hey, way ahead of me. All right, sir, let's pray. Bow your heads and join us, please. Father, we are grateful uh, to be a part of your kingdom work. Uh, You've redeemed us. By your grace, you gift us. And then by your grace, you send us out. And to be a part of the most important work on this planet is an honor and a privilege. So we thank you for letting us be a part of what you do in the lives of people as you transform communities. Families in those communities, Father, we are just grateful to be a part of what you do. Uh, we thank you for uh, Ridgeview Church uh, and what you have planned for that church family. I pray for uh, this very special couple, for what he asked for, for boldness, discernment, courage. I would pray specifically, Father, for protection over their family and uh, their marriage. I pray, Father, that you would give them favor as they interact in that community, favor with those in the schools and community centers where they shop, where they will uh, eat meals out, Father, in their neighborhood where you place them. Uh, Lord, I just pray that as you did in the lives of your servants in the Old Testament, that you would give them favor in the lives of those that they interact with, uh, that they would be used to bring those people to your son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you will, um, through them, make your name known and your name great father we want you to use ridgeview church for your glory but we don't want people to speak about ridgeview church we want them to speak about you and that you would be known and you'd be glorified and your kingdom would be expanded in that north fontana area lord that is just absolutely exploding with families as homes are being built pray lord you provide every way for them provide needs as only you can i pray lord that we will celebrate just numerous lives that come to you. 
through your son, Jesus Christ, to experience true transformation of the gospel. So I just pray for them, Father. Bless their marriage. Bless their ministry. And, Father, go before them in every step they take. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for uh, Alex and Sam and just how they have responded to your call and how they have demonstrated over and over again faithfulness to that and a willingness to surrender themselves to everything and anything that you want them to do in spite of themselves. I thank you for how they have honored Church in the Valley, how they have willingly followed the leadership and made sacrifices. Thank you for how they have uh, made themselves available to be trained, to be uh, to just look at their own uh, selves and the things that need to change, which is not easy to do. And I just thank you for their heart in that and ask that you would bless that. God, I believe that they are ready uh, to do this work uh, because they know that they can't do it without you. They have asked for boldness. And that boldness comes from a daily reminder of who they belong to, that they belong to you and what you have done in their lives, as Alex was saying, that it's it allows them to get past that fear And the fear is really focusing on themselves rather than on you. So I pray that you would give them courage to just speak honestly with people and to lead uh, the team to do that about what you have done in their lives. And you really have done great things in their life. Pray for endurance. Um, a, A supernatural strength that comes from you, an empowering of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that allows them to keep on going uh, even when it feels like they can't. We pray against uh, discouragement. Um, Also pray for discernment, that you would help them to see the spiritual reality, uh, to understand things from your perspective, uh, not not from a worldly perspective, but they would... Uh, get the uh, have the view of of eternity and to be able to see things the way that you see them and trust you in that and then we pray that they would keep focused that they would seek first your kingdom that they would um, be able to trust you with the priority of putting you first and kingdom things first Father, we're excited to see what you're going to do through them. It is a privilege to be part of this uh, extension of the kingdom, the kingdom outpost that will be in Fontana. And this represents uh, hundreds and hundreds of lives that you will, uh, um, people who will come to know Christ and whose lives will be changed. That is very uh, thrilling to be part of that. And as Paul said, he planted, Apollos watered, but it is God who causes the increase. You are the one who makes this happen.
not anybody up here, as we make ourselves available to you to be used by you. We look forward to you causing the increase. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we come to you and I ask God from your hand that you'd bless and strengthen this team that's going out, that you'd bless Alex as he leads, that God, you'd give clear direction and help, uh, that supernaturally you'd strengthen him and his inner person to do the work that you've called him to do. We thank you for uh, your kindness to us and including us in what you're doing in the world. And we ask your blessing on Alex, Samantha, and the team as they head out. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As as the team's leaving, I, I just wanted to uh, to say a couple things. And some of you, if you remember me speaking, you're thinking, oh, wait, we're going to be here a while. I'm going to try to make this as concise as possible. Um, it, it wouldn't be right for for me to not express our deep appreciation um, to you uh, as church in the valley. Um, we, we've been a part of this church for many years, 17 years. And um, as Sam mentioned, we're different people. And so this isn't just the enterprise of another church starting. This is really the work of God from one life to another life and families to families. And so we're deeply grateful. Um, thank you for all of you who've helped um, as we've launched Alhambra and the way that you've extended yourself here. And thank you again for the way that you have extended yourself in the transition of the launch team, all of which have come from this campus. And so I appreciate all the ways that people have stepped up here, all the way people have taken on extra responsibility and weight um, to, to make this happen. And it's because you guys really do understand the mission of God. And uh, I also want to express appreciation to Randy. And what I've learned is I see him here, but I will not look at him. And it tends to go better. Um, in 2001, when I came around Church in the Valley, um, I told him that we... Apparently that doesn't help. I'll just look at you. <laughs> um, in, in 2001, we decided to stay here at Church in the Valley and get trained. And something Randy said back then was, if you stay, um, I will train you. And what that meant is if, if you do stick around, I will, um, I will invest my life into your life. And uh, Randy has done that. And he has shaped the man that I've become. And he has set the pace in a way that um, he's expanded my own vision for my life. And I'm a better man because of, of this man. And Randy will not promote himself, but he has laid his life down time and time again uh, for this church. And also, um, even for me personally, as he's gotten behind us launching out, uh, he's really looked to how to get me ready to do that. And so I presented a gift uh, to the Alhambra camp front at the Alhambra campus to Randy. So this kind of feels like a re-gift because he's already received it. Um, but I wanted you guys to see it as well. And uh, it's this wooden, I'll let you, I'll let you hold it this time, bro. Right. Since it's already Thank yours. You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I made this sign, uh, not because this is something that, uh, that this verse is something that, that Randy needs to necessarily live out in his life. This is 
uh, Randy's life. This is who he is. And this is what it says at Second Timothy 4, 5. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And this has been a verse that, that God has used repeatedly to keep me moving forward after the things that are important to him. But at the same time, what he's used is the example of Randy. And Randy, through his investment and through his training, he has been the model for which I can look at what does a life look at somebody who endures suffering, does the work of an evangelist, and fulfills the ministry that God has given them. And so words don't do it justice, but thank you for your investment in all the ways that you have made uh, this moment possible. So I love you, and, and the whole launch team loves and appreciates both you and Cindy's investment in us. So thank you. If you're if you're around here for however long you find out I'm a crier. So he's been fully trained. He's a crier. He's ready to rock. Um I'm I'm just gonna wrap this up because it's gone gone long. Um as we send out the launch team uh to do the work they're gonna do, we have a significant amount of work to do here. This is launch 2.0 for Church in the Valley. And so I have a couple of next steps just to suggest you thinking through and considering as, as the band, the band, I think they're back there. They can come out here. Come on out, band. Get ready to lead us. Um, but anyway, here's some next steps you could take. My next step today is to pray for the Barretts and the North Fontana launch team. Set, set, put that in your, in your prayer list, uh, pray for it regularly, at, at least this week. Uh, set aside, pray for them, pray over those things they mentioned. And then another step is to begin to pray and consider my role in Launch 2.0 at Church in the Valley, Ontario. So I'm going to be talking about this over the next several weeks, kind of how you can play a role in the launch, and uh, I'd like you to consider how you could. Let's pray once again, and then the band will lead us in our closing song. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege it is to just know you and walk with you and include you, you, you include us in what you're doing, but you give us the privilege of including you in, in our lives and in, in the day to day, moment by moment things that we're experiencing and going through. Thank you, God, for the way that you work. Thank you for this privilege. I ask God for power and strength to step out to do what you've laid on our heart to do today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.